Hello and welcome to I'd Rather Be, a show that dives headfirst into the hobbies and passions that make life fuller and richer. I'm your host, Katya Rucker. Today in I'd Rather Be Shark Tooth Hunting, I'm talking to a father-daughter fossil-finding duo, Audie and Jen Zimmerman. Audie is my dad's cousin, and he and Jen got my dad hooked on searching for shark teeth when they met up in Florida a few months ago. Jen was the one who was initially fascinated by fossils, and Jurassic Park coming out in the 90s played a big role in sparking that curiosity. Their family lived in Michigan when she was growing up, where you'd have to be pretty lucky to come across a shark tooth or any other fossil. But now, she and Audie live in Florida, where you're practically tripping over them. Florida's uh, Florida's just pretty great in the fact that it's been uh, underwater and above water. And uh, I think one of the main reasons why there's so many to find down here is because it was nice, shallow, warm water that they could come have their babies and not have any um, big predators around. Um, but what's really cool when you find, when you talk about fossils in general, um, you find mammoth down here and a lot of ice age fossils. Um, but uh, you really look for the shark's teeth because those were already fossilized by the time the mammoths were walking over them. So it's really cool just to keep, just to see the different layers of, of age uh, when you're, when you're knee deep in the muck in the river and you just, you don't know what you're going to pull up with your hands or your shovel. So uh, it's, uh, it's really exciting. Audie has been scuba diving for 50 years. But he wasn't looking for shark teeth on those dives until Jen got him excited about them a couple of years ago. My daughter and I were going out in the creeks, and uh, eventually we got into scuba diving. She got into scuba diving, and we started finding these big teeth and a whole lot of other fossils and all. So it really got us excited. It's it's almost like panning for gold. You find that big one, you know, it's in some cases they're worth a lot of money, but... Uh, most of it's just us going out and uh, finding stuff that looks really interesting. Uh, you know, going back and forth from the ocean to the rivers to the creeks. Uh, different places have different attractions, if you will. The creeks and rivers are easier to get to than having to go scuba diving. But the scuba diving really pays off in the in the big... What I always look for is the megalodon teeth. But... A lot of other interesting things out there. If it's in the ocean, you don't know how old it is. If it's off of the river or the creeks, because that was all underwater when those uh, sharks were swimming around it, you know that whatever you find shark tooth-wise is at least three, 3 million years old and could be up to 40 million years old. Megalodons are the biggest sharks ever to have lived. And we're talking like 50 feet long, which is the size of the modern-day sperm whale. These prehistoric sharks went extinct around 3.6 million years ago when the planet's temperature started cooling. The word megalodon literally means large tooth, and you can see why when you look at a megalodon tooth next to a great white shark tooth. It's like looking at an entire hand next to a single thumb. Fossilized megalodon teeth are so prevalent because all sharks lose a set of teeth every couple weeks, meaning they might shed up to 40,000 teeth in their lifetime. 
There are places in Florida that call themselves the shark tooth capital of the world, such as Venice Beach, but you can find megalodon teeth scuba diving along the East Coast up to the Carolinas, walking along beaches, or sifting through the muck of Florida creeks and rivers, where teeth are in near pristine condition because they got preserved so soon after falling out of the megalodon's mouth. Adi recalls one specific dive that really lit the fire of shark tooth hunting for him. I guess the one that really got me excited was just less than a mile offshore of Venice Beach. Coming back to the boat, last dive of the day, I hadn't found hardly anything. And I just, and I found this monster megalodon. So it, it was like uh, King Arthur's Excalibur coming out of the water when I came back to the boat. Look what I got. Adi found that particular tooth on a chartered boat, and that's what some enthusiasts will do to make the hunts a little more productive. Local guides know some of the best spots for both diving and inland fossil hunting. You need a permit if you're going to keep any fossils um, uh, that aren't shark's teeth. So obviously, if you're going to find a mammoth tooth, you're you're going to want to keep it, right? So, mm-hmm. so you have to make sure that you're you get your perm, you pay your five dollars to the uh, to the university in, in Gainesville, and um, that way everybody's covered. And when you go with a charter or a guide, they usually are uh, have you covered under that. So just put it out there. You know, if anybody does want to do that, they if they they better get covered or you know they have to leave that big mammoth tooth sitting there or, mm. or piece of you know ivory or a turtle whatever you find you know or you know you get in big trouble wow or artifacts yeah, yeah. okay oh no you got to leave the artifacts there <laughs> no art- permit will give you an artifact that's for sure is an artifact by definition a human a, yeah. hu- a human created thing okay yeah they you those aren't those aren't included in the in the fossil permits. You have to be very careful what you pick up. Um, you have to have uh, you have to be on your own land to to keep anything from humans. Hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, some of the other uh, do's and don't do's though is like when you're up in the river, if it's a flowing water, you're allowed to be in there and dig in the water. You'd never dig into the banks. You don't do anything to to cause erosion or anything like that. You want to keep the natural environment as much as possible. So you, you dig in the water, and then you bring it out, and you put it in a sifter. And this is what I'm talking about, uh, like tanning for gold. But we make our own sifters, and, and they're very easy to make. All, all somebody has to do is see one, and they, oh, yeah, I can build that. And, mm. and you, it's a screen that you just sift all the stuff out of, and then you look for the teeth in. So like a screen that you might get off of your, your window of your house or like a... More like chicken wire. Chicken yeah. wire? Quarter okay. inch, quarter inch yeah. chicken wire because you, you want the sand and the pebbles to be able to fall through pretty easily. Right. Uh, and if you're real serious about it, some people use half inch because they're only looking for the big teeth. But <laughs> if you go to half inch, you're going to lose at least half of the teeth that you would otherwise found. They'll just go through. Okay. And depending on where you're going, um, the teeth are going to be different. If people, um, a lot of people that come down to Florida, they, they like to go to Venice and they, they look for teeth on the beach, which are very, it's very common to find the teeth there. Um, they do tend to be a lot more worn down. Um, they've been in the surf for a long time. So, uh, 
the ones you find there are so drastically different from ones that you find in the river or um, diving and uh, or up in Gainesville when they have where they have a completely different color depending on uh, what kind of sediment that they fossilized in. So I mean people are really really into finding the smaller teeth and um, unfortunately if you do it for a while you do get a little jaded you know <laughs> you don't want to find the small ones anymore you got to get keep getting bigger and bigger which is not necessarily a good thing but <laughs> interesting yeah well we took your dad up on the beach up uh, at Punta Grande uh, or wherever it was but out on the beach there he, w- he was getting excited about finding these little bitty things <laughs> that had been tumbled in the sand a lot, and you almost couldn't recognize them as a shark's tooth. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and to, to get people interested in that kind of stuff, you want to bring them along a bit. So don't tell your dad, but one of his best shark's tooth he found, I kind of planted for him. So he, <laughs> it got him really excited, though. Well, I guess that intel is one way to find out if my dad listens to the show. But I'm on board with what Adi was trying to do, because it's always nice to feel that beginner's luck when you're dipping your toe into something new. I've also found a shark tooth or two walking along a beach, but I've never been scuba diving. So I asked Jen and Adi, how do you find teeth on a dive? So um, a lot of the times they're going to be dark colored, um, just by the way they fossilize. And when you're in Venice especially, which is where we dive, um, it's not super scenic down there. So there's not a whole lot to look at, but the sand and the muck that you're staring down at, um, there's a lot of rubble. And most of that rubble are is just the bones of mm. old marine life. You got whale bones, you have dugong bones, you even have um, ice age bones like mammoth and bison and camel and rhino and all that stuff we used wow. to have down here in Florida. Um, but what you're looking for are straight edges and pizza shapes. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, they're covered in silt and you have to really use your hands to get in there because you can't see. And then you just feel that enamel and it's just, it's so much different than everything else that you feel down there. Other times it's literally just sitting there like somebody put it out there for you, hmm. which is really crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's yeah. getting churned up all the yeah. time, right? It washes on shore. Yeah. Yeah, and that that could also apply it to uh, some construction sites down here. Uh, you can go to some places where they'll just pile up uh, the dirt and in big mounds, and after a good hard rain, sometimes you will almost see a tooth sitting up like it's on a pedestal sticking out at you because <laughs> it's wow. it's heavy and it's shielding what's under it and it just washes away around it. Mines in Florida are also a treasure trove for fossils. But mining sites are unfortunately not accessible to the public for liability reasons. But Jen tells me that mines will often set up small museums at their entrances to celebrate the things they've dug up. So it's clear that Florida is one big fossil playground. If you go out looking, you're bound to find something from the Ice Age or earlier. But to find the things that are more rare than shark teeth, like the tooth of a giant sloth... It just takes practice, Adi tells me. Jennifer's really good at finding, <laughs> you know, the, the, the needle in the haystack. Uh, when she went out on her qualifying dive, when she first learned to scuba dive, there were six of us going out off of the beach 
to do this dive. And, of course, everybody's looking for shark's teeth. When we got back in, she had twice as many teeth as everybody else combined. So, but she had been looking for them. She's, she, she knew what to look for. Uh, you know, the shapes and all, like she has sheen, a certain sheen that you would see on the enamel. So, yeah, the kind of gravel to look for and what kind of rubble is, you know, will have it. Because it's all in big streaks and um, patches down there. So that's why when you, uh, you pay you pay good money for these charter boats to take you to their, their places. And they've spent years um, finding, finding their spots and cataloging them and uh, keeping track of them. They have underwater drones that, that hmm. they're very protective of their sites and for good reason because some of them are really good you know we we go into all those places and it's a rule of thumb by everybody in the fossil club that you don't ask where the other person's honey hole is you know that they find the good ones at it's, it's impolite to ask but if offered that's it's really appreciated Adi and jen have some favorite guides but they've also discovered great spots in the creeks on their own though of course i didn't ask for specifics Shark teeth are among the most prevalent things you find, but where there are teeth, there are all kinds of other bones of long extinct creatures. So once they pick up something unusual, how do Adi and Jen figure out what exactly it is that they found? Being members of a lot of the fossil identification groups on Facebook really helps because everybody posts, you know, what they find and you have um, people from the museum that will chime in and it's just really... Um, once you start seeing it more and more often and kind of get an idea of the kind of flora and fauna we had down here, um, then you kind of start recognizing like the little something, what makes an, uh, a whale ear bone a whale ear bone or, or like the enamel off of a mammoth uh, molar or something. Right. Yeah, so you're mentioning so many interesting prehistoric creatures, and I'm wondering what is, like, shark teeth bracketed aside for a second, what are some of the weirdest or, uh, you know, most memorable or cool things you found on some of these trips? Um, well, I have, I in one of my fossil, um, my charters, um, did find uh, an entire mammoth molar and it's very heavy it's about 10 pounds and i had to drop some weight actually just to get it back to the boat because i actually had two of them one whole one and one half of one in my arms just struggling to get back and i'm like oh well if i don't make it back then they'll find out why and (laughs) they'll they'll understand you know but um i love finding mammoth stuff but i also like finding uh weird stuff like the glyptodon scales they're very um very obvious they're like little hexagons that all fit together and they made this big dome that was sitting on the back of this armadillo creature that it was the size of a buick back in the ice age and it's just neat to find those because you look at them and you're like this is pretty big but then you imagine it it was made up of thousands of these things just to make this huge dome of this weird creature Yeah, I'm looking at a picture Glyptodon. It's it does yeah. <laughs> look like a massive armadillo, but you know, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> Yeah, dad found dad found a really nice one on Saturday when we went. It was got uh got one of those pieces, part of a whale vertebrae and a bunch of good teeth. 
In addition to pictures of megalodon teeth, you can check out one of the glyptodont scales Adi and Jenna found on the I'd Rather Be podcast Instagram. So we heard earlier that the key piece of equipment you need is a homemade chicken wire screen when you're panning for teeth and other fossils. I asked what else you need to bring on one of these outings. You got to go through a lot of uh, materials. So you bring a a good back with you for sure if you're going to be doing uh, the river stuff because you got to you got to get through all of the decaying debris the muck and everything and once you get down there and you get into the gravel then you start scooping that up and and then you you sit in the water and you just start you know it's it's not it's not glamorous for any i mean you have muck you know in your ears <laughs> you know and you between your toes but and when you find when you find what you're looking for it really makes it worth it plus it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful environment you know um so it really makes it uh really makes it worth it. It's, it's good just to get out and get sun. And honestly, you know, as we see a few gators, but not, um, not anything to worry about. Haven't seen any snakes, no leeches, nothing like that. So, okay. I mean, it's, it's like paradise almost. Yeah. You always worry about your environment where, wherever you're going, you know, and, uh, we've been to a lot of places that I wouldn't recommend to people that haven't been there much. Uh, if, if you do encounter an alligator, and we've seen, like she said, we've seen lots of them out there uh, in the water with us on the bank when we're passing them in the river, uh, they don't bother you. They don't, they don't leave you alone. You just want to be careful about mating season, and if there's a big mama trying to protect her little ones, uh, it, it is an environment that you can get crossways with one. That's why I jokingly say bring a bring a first aid kit, but that's usually for poison ivy, cutting yourself or something like that, mostly. To summarize, when you're shark tooth hunting in Florida creeks and rivers, keep an eye out for gators, especially during mating season, and be sure to bring a first aid kit and a strong back. You also need a shovel for scooping stuff into your sifter, as well as plenty of towels and a change of clothes. Jen and Adi's favorite spot is on the Peace River, which is well known for its plethora of fossilized teeth and bones. When they arrive on a typical day, like the Saturday before we recorded this interview when it was a little rainy, the first step is evaluating the conditions in which they'll be shoveling and sifting. You know, the way the river flows, sometimes it can be insanely, insanely flooded. It can be all the way, like picnic tables in the trees Mm -hmm. kind of flooded and then um the next thing you know there's hardly any water there to even use your sifter so and that's i think a big reason why you find so many so many fossils too is just the difference in the water levels and the unpredictability of uh of the weather um so we uh we just we just start digging and it did rain on us a little bit but we were already in the water anyway so uh, not a big deal and we uh, we tend to uh, just throw everything back into the truck when we're done and um, drive home, get you know get all washed off and and then we put out all of our finds to to argue over <laughs> or or fawn over or you know trade decide what we're gonna do and um, we let them dry out on the table and make sure everybody who visits sees it. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I think this last Saturday was pretty typical, uh, and and we're in the water for about four hours, and that's solid digging and sifting the whole time. At the end of the day, you are exhausted, mm-hmm. but in a good way. I mean, it's like you think you really got something done. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, w- well, we found one complete meg tooth, one half meg tooth. That, that's what we call a heartbreaker, <laughs> you know, because you... You never find the other half to it. Uh, but I don't know, Jen, we found, what, 50 teeth or so? Different sizes? Yeah, at least. Quality. And a ton of, ton of bone, ton of fossilized bone that could be anywhere from, you know, whale to mammoth. Uh, found mastodon, piece of mastodon teeth. We found pieces of mammoth teeth, pieces of tusk, your glyptodon piece, your whale vertebrae. And then just teeth and teeth and teeth, one whole horse tooth. <laughs> For four hours, it wasn't bad. And that was the tooth of a prehistoric horse, Adi clarified. Adi and Jen keep most of what they find, but there's quite a market for megalodon teeth. And as you can imagine, the bigger they get, the more they're worth. If you go to some of the shops down here in the beach, down at Fort Myers and places like that, we have lots of teeth in our collection that you would see there for sale for well over a thousand dollars for just one tooth. Uh, they have a, a value to some people as far as artistic things. They want to make sculptors out of them. They want to make them into jewelry or something like that. So there's a, I think Jennifer, she sells them by the pound on, on the Etsy, eBay. What is it, Jen? It was Etsy, but I'm, I'm totally sold out now. Oh, wow. Yeah means we got to go back. They also give away teeth to family and friends or plant them for others to find, as was the case with my dad. As we neared the end of our conversation, I asked Jen and Adi what tips they had for anyone interested in going on their own fossil-finding adventure. Keep an eye out for that black gravel. Black gravel is what you're looking for, whether you're diving or in the river, uh, because most of that's going to be bone. Um, and, uh, if you find stuff that were, that was whale or dugong, well, those were Megalodon's favorite things to eat. So if you find that, those bones, then just keep looking around. You might find a few teeth there. And if you don't find teeth, uh, take home everything that looks weird and look at it later because you'll never know, you know, what's you're going to what it's going to be. I mean, if it's strange, I mean, and you find out that it's a rock later, okay. But every once in a while, it turns out to be something more than just a rock. Yeah. And, uh, and you can see that in, you can't see the gravel all the time. You got to put your shovel down in some of the muck and, you know, try to get down four or five inches and then you can feel the crunch with the shovel. Or some people take a long like a golf club handle and poke it down and you can feel the gravel when you get through the muck. If you go down a few inches and it's just all muck, you just keep moving to another spot. But I will tell you one other thing that always impressed me uh, when we're around other people, especially small kids and they want to come over and Jennifer, Jennifer is great at just taking these teeth and showing them and explaining to the kids what they are. And it just lights their, their world up when they see that. And then she gets oh, himself yeah. and like, oh, look what I got. Well, my husband does pest control and he always carries a bag of teeth with him. Um, it's just the weirdest thing to have. And 
I mean, as soon as somebody starts talking about shark's teeth, you can just, all of a sudden, you have shark's teeth. And they're like, you just had that in your, like, your purse or your car or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you never know when you're going to need it. So um, we've given away so many. And it's just, it's worth it because I think the most fun is finding it. And, you know, if you can give it to somebody else that, you know, they, you know, sparks their interest, then it's totally worth finding them. It is, like I said, feels like you're panning for gold and, and all of a sudden four hours has gone by very quickly. You're tired as hell, but look, I got this tooth and you want to keep coming back for more. It's such a universal thrill to find the things we've been patiently seeking from rare birds while bird watching to fully intact megalodon teeth at the bottom of a slow-moving river. Thanks so much to Adi and Jen Zimmerman for joining me on this episode of I'd Rather Be. You can check out some of their fossil finds on the I'd Rather Be podcast Instagram. And remember, it helps so much when you spread the word about the show to your friends and colleagues who also listen to podcasts. And if you have 90 seconds this week, leave a quick review in your Apple Podcasts app. This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by me, Katia Rucker. Show notes and the full transcript for this episode can be found at idratherbepodcast.com. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. 